T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Boston's going to win the season series 2-1. They will eat the 24 clock and with 8.8 seconds left, it will be Bulls ball. 117-94 Boston. Io dribbles it out. Ball game over. Boston 117. Bulls 94. How oh, discouraging is it to echo through these three games? Potential playoff opponents and not even really be that competitive. I mean, it's obviously not fun. Um, but you know, it's uh we gotta find some fight within these next couple of games before, you know, before it's you know real time. And uh, you know, it's it's definitely gonna come to light if, if we don't. Yeah, I feel like the 2-20 and 20 record that the Bulls have against the top four teams in, in each conference might already have shed some light on what some of their problems are. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm Lawrence Holmes here with you until 2 o'clock. Cubs game that was scheduled for today has been rained out. It has been postponed. It will be part of a split doubleheader on May 30th. May 30th with a 12.05 first pitch and a 6.45 first pitch in the second game. The Bulls have looked terrible in their last two games. And I'm going to talk with Cody Westerlin about my frustration about both of those games. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. Cody, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing fine, Lawrence. You know, um, Bernstein yelling, Cody has a broken foot, probably exaggerated it a little bit. I have a small fracture in the foot, so a little like walking uh, shoe padded type thing, not like uh, not like reconstructive surgery or anything there. So I will be fine, all things considered. Very thankful that uh, we know a lot of people have worse medical issues than a small bone in their foot giving them some pain. So we'll be fine. We'll do, be fine. do I need to start taking reps at short just in case? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll probably be on the injured list for the first couple weeks of the season, so that I think that's a good idea. You can never have enough versatility. So it's one of those things, you know, uh, when I was 24, I don't think this would happen, but when you're 34 and you uh, step on a sidewalk wrong when you're jogging, sometimes your bones, uh, they're a little more brittle these days, I guess. Yeah, you know what? I have uh, I had a conversation with Matt Forte. We were doing the football after show, and I asked him about running because, you know, Matt's, in, Matt's probably in better shape now than when he was playing, and he was in great shape when he was playing. And so he said, so do you, like, run on on pavement? 
And I said, yeah. yeah. And he's like, that's stupid. And I was like, yeah. okay. So I have since stopped running on pavement. It's part of the reason that I did a virtual Shamrock Shuffle because I could run through Washington Park and the Midway in Hyde Park and be mostly on dirt and grass. So, yeah, man, I feel your pain when it comes to the the idea of running on concrete. Yeah, it's one of those things, too, especially like when you go want to go run on the lake, too, especially in the summer and stuff. Like, that's just the way it's kind of going to be unless you, uh, like you said, Parker, I guess a high school track or something like that around, too. But um, we'll uh, we'll hang in there. It'll be good in probably uh, eight weeks, hopefully. All right, good. I'm, I'm glad that you're OK. Though you know who's not OK, the Chicago Bulls. Here, here's my anger, and I know that we were supposed to talk about this, but you had to go and get your, your foot checked. My anger with the game on Tuesday was I felt like Milwaukee wasn't trying. I felt like they were experimenting with stuff. Giannis only played 24 minutes, and he was clearly just trying to facilitate in the game, and they curb-stomped the Bulls. That made me angry on Tuesday night. Yeah, they were going through the motions is completely wrong to say of the Bucks, but on the offensive end, like they were not themselves whatsoever. It's almost like they were experimenting for the playoffs. What more can we do? Like Giannis didn't shoot, I don't think, in the first quarter and didn't score in the first quarter, then started shooting jump shots for his first three shots, only at 18 points, a, a tiny output for him because the rest of the team was rolling. The Bucks hit three pointers at a better clip than the Bulls that night, which pretty much every doing these days obviously but it's it's embarrassing for the bulls when you're in a situation like that and brooke lopez goes off for for 28 points when he's been nothing like that um here recently and obviously was out for a long time with injury that's just too easy and that's the thing stars are going to get points on you but you have to make it as hard as you possibly can on everyone else on the other team and we saw it again Wednesday night. I think Al Horford was 7-for-7, seven seven, just taking advantage of mismatches here and there against DeRozan or whoever else is guarding him. You just have no chance. The Bulls have no chance if it's going to be that easy for other teams' role players. And it's really been that easy for, for long stretches. And combined with the Bulls' uh, atrocious outside shooting, that's just a really bad combination for them competing in games these days against good teams. Yeah, it is. And like that's what it, it just felt like Milwaukee was like, well, let me sun you. Like, let me let me just do this thing. Like, like you said, like Giannis didn't attempt a field goal in the first quarter. And you got dog walked in that game. Like it was there was never a point where you felt like the Bulls had a chance to win that game. And and I think what is going to be like it, it's a snapshot of that game to me is Drew Holiday in the post against Tristan Thompson. And and Drew Holiday has given up a, a bunch of inches, and he still was able to move, Trist, uh, move Tristan Thompson because he wanted to. And I think that gets back to what something Billy said after Wednesday's loss, is the Bulls are just getting beat on the margins again and again and again, right? Like, Drew Holiday taking advantage of Tristan Thompson strength-wise, that just can't happen. Like, Tristan's got to be better in that situation. The Bulls' defense has to be better at the point of attack. Like, just because you didn't totally get beat for a layup by your man doesn't mean you did your job on defense, for example. Like, if they get a step on you and your teammate has to take one step toward you 
and the play to cut him off and make him swing the ball and the guy didn't immediately shoot, for example, that doesn't mean you did your job as the primary defender. That means your team defense as a unit's now a step behind and it's catching up with the Bulls. So I think like plays like that that you mentioned, obviously with, with Thompson getting taken advantage there by someone who's smaller, uh, these situations where it's not just like loose balls. It, it's every small thing. The Bulls are like really bad at the things that often don't end up on the highlight reel, right? Like if it can't be a highlight, it feels like the Bulls don't care as much about the play. I mean, this is a team that is absolutely goes bonkers in transition offensively, highlight plays, some great cutting dunks to the hoop this year. They got two scorers who can go off for huge numbers in one-on-one situations, but it's just not a team that takes enough pride in the things that it takes to get to the next level. And at one point we thought, the Bulls were a really strong playoff team and didn't have quite enough to be a championship contender. And now they're an average to below average basketball team that doesn't do the small things to, to really be competitive with any of the best teams in the league. And that's something that some of it is learned through experience and some of it is ingrained maybe in these older players that they have to have a come to Jesus moment or the coaching staff has to instill it more or they just have to learn a really hard lesson in the playoffs and maybe they'll look inward and see what it takes. Is there anything different from the way Boston beat them up versus the way Milwaukee did? I mean, I I don't think so. Boston obviously switches more on defense in a way, but like the end result for the Bulls perimeter defense, it it feels, excuse me, for their perimeter shooting is very much the same. They're struggling kind of any way other teams, uh, no matter what they throw at them. And I just think it, it's a situation where the Bucks let DeMar DeRozan go off. They didn't send a ton of double teams at him, stuff like that. But they just didn't care because they were in cruise control. So the Bulls, because they are so isolation-focused at times, like it kind of feels like they can be led into the trap of that game too. And... In those situations where the Bulls are isolation heavy, the number one thing they're going to get out of it besides Zach and DeMar with the ball is going to be some three-point shots. When doubles do go DeMar's way or just when these guys create and get into the paint, that naturally opens up the outside shooting. And the Bulls have been doing such a terrible job at that that that's kind of like their one-two punch, you know? And earlier in the year, they weren't shooting a lot of three-pointers. The Bulls have always been among the one or two uh, worst teams in the NBA this year when it comes to volume of three-point shots, but they were making them at a really high clip among the league's best that's not happening anymore. And it's like there's no like third trick in the bag for the Bulls, whether it's trying to beat the Celtics' top-ranked defense or a Bucks defense that uh, isn't as good as it was when it was in uh, championship form last year, but is still in the top third of the league and can still turn it up. So there's just not enough real creativity here for the Bulls on offense when the outside shots aren't going in and we've seen Vooch struggling as well. They, they just don't have as many tricks in their bag as other teams and you see them get taken advantage of. Cody Westerlin of our staff, he covers the Bulls for us. He joins me here on The Score when we talked a, a few days ago, we were talking about Patrick Williams, and I think we both had seen a couple of games in a row where the aggression was there. And then this happens. You know, the Milwaukee game and the Boston games happen, and he disappears. What do the Bulls say about this? Like, how can, how can they get a more consistent effort from P. Will? Because you can see the talent, but not seeing it every night is problematic. It's not instinctive, and Billy Donovan basically admitted that when he used the word instincts as part of a larger answer. 
And I don't think this is something that changes quickly. I think this is going to probably be um, the number one issue in the Patrick Williams era in Chicago for as long as that lasts. And the Bulls hope it's a really long time. Obviously, a second-year player, he's a big building block for their future. But that's going to be what they hammer home in the offseason. That's going to be training camp. Uh, message for them next fall is him being aggressive. And you see it here and there. Like he got an offensive rebound near the free throw line the other night and immediately went to the hole and dunked. And it's like, whoa, like what that looked easy. And he kind of did it through traffic. And you're like, why doesn't he do that every time he gets an offensive rebound go attack? Like he kicks it out too much. And it is only a mindset that that for him can be learned. Because if something is not instinctive to a player, it is not anything that's ever going to change quickly. Like you either have it or you don't at the start and stuff like that mindset skills they can be learned but it just comes over time and with experience and I think it's going to be an uphill battle for for a while longer here especially I think to to be honest as long as DeMar and Zach are both on this team like they take up a lot of the oxygen on offense and as long as that's the case I don't see Patrick Williams really elevating to be really aggressive night after night after night. You're going to see flashes, but I don't think you will see it consistently um, probably next season when when the top two or the top of the Bulls roster looks much the same, obviously. So there are things that can help him um, with that. I think Lonzo Ball coming back uh, next year, they would be a big help because he's a connector on offense. And if Pat Williams... He doesn't cut enough. He's got to cut to the hoop more. But if you have Lonzo out there and he cuts more, he has a higher chance of being found in situations like that. And I think that can help spur it along and propel it. But we just aren't there yet, and I don't think it changes quickly. For a big portion of the season, if you would say something critical of the Bulls, I mean you, Cody, uh, people would, well, they're not whole. They're not whole. You can't judge them. You can't judge them. They're as whole as they're going to be now. I mean, Lonzo is not coming back. This is this is what you have. Do they get to use the excuse of, man, we'd be so much better if Lonzo was out here? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, he is a, a marvelous basketball player in the way he thinks the game, and he is so important. But all these teams, almost everyone has had someone as important as Lonzo Ball get injured for a stretch this year. And most NBA teams handle it better. And that's because most NBA teams, I think, are more versatile in how they're built in a way. Or they have guys that that kind of shapeshift into doing what needs to be done, right? Like, Drew Holiday is not a huge scorer for the Bucks, But he can go out there and be more aggressive for them and 28 points in a game if Giannis or Chris Middleton's out. Or he can do what he did the other night at the United Center and not be super aggressive offensively. And I think he had 13 assists and kind of function as a point guard. Like, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan don't have those skills. Like, when Lonzo's out, it's not like Zach is all of a sudden the connector of the offense or anything like that. So I think that's kind of the concern in in what was exploited by the Bulls when they did face injuries. They just aren't as versatile in their skill sets of all these players as some of the other teams are. So 
I think it gets back a little bit more to the structure of the team in those struggles without Lonzo than it is, say, like Billy Donovan or the game plan or what any one player did or didn't do, because that is difficult for players who don't have a skill set like that to to change so much. So the Bulls need more well-rounded basketball players, which is why I think uh, Lonzo's addition last offseason was important. Alex Caruso, obviously, um, more defensive-minded for them. But even someone like Io DeSumo does a little bit more um, on both ends of the court. Obviously, he's hit the rookie wall on offense to a large degree. But he's more well-rounded basketball players. They hope Patrick Williams can, can round into that. That would be helpful. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, the Bulls didn't reach their goals because of all these injuries. Because at the end of the year, when the playoffs are rolling around, and Crusoe has an ailing back but still has been in the lineup here uh, quite a bit in the last few weeks, they are whole except really for one person, and that should be enough for them to be competing at a higher level. And they just aren't doing that right now. You brought up Io. It it seems like it's much later than it usually happens for rookies, but did he hit a wall? Yeah, I think so. And I just think it has more to do with the games, right? Like he's been healthy for the Bulls this year uh, for the most part. And he went to Illinois College. I mean, wherever you go to college, you're playing like a 35-game season, right? And I think one of those got cut short by, by COVID for him. And then you're playing 75, 80 games in an NBA season. So I don't look at it too much. Like, I know he was logging like 39 minutes for a stretch there where Lonzo and Caruso were out like uh, on a nightly basis. He was playing a lot. But it's just teams figure you out a little bit more. You get a little bit bigger role. And in the half-court setting, he's been a liability for them lately. And that's because he's not knocking down his three-pointers at the same clip. He's not the same aggressiveness going to the hoop. I think when he's got out in transition, he still just looked great uh, in those situations. He's so smooth in transition, but he was just being asked to do too much for too long of a stretch. So yeah, hit a rookie wall. You see that in the half-court setting. More than anything else, teams have ignored him far, far more often the couple weeks and the last couple weeks and, and just let him stand in the corner or behind the three-point line and not worried too much. So uh, he'll have to get that three-pointer even better in the offseason and come back next year and make people respect that more and then go to the hoop hard when they close out hard is kind of the, uh, I think, what you, you do in those situations moving forward. Do does anything that happens in the next two games really matter because of, of how much like a matchup really matters in, in the NBA playoffs? Or is there anything that we could learn from the Bulls versus Charlotte or Minnesota that could tell us anything about who they are? I think these two games are completely meaningless, Lawrence. Like The Bulls are all but locked into the sixth seed. One loss by them or one win by the Raptors, who have an easy last two games, will lock the Bulls in. To the sixth seed, the Bulls don't really have any say in who, what's happening in the 2-3-4 race. It looks like the inside track right now for the Celtics is to get the three seed. That's the highest probability right now. Obviously, the 76ers could still jump into that spot too, but the Bulls don't control that. And I just, I, Alex Crusoe's questionable tonight with that back. I don't see a point of him playing tonight, to be honest. Like the Bulls keep saying they want to find rhythm in these late season games, but they haven't found it yet. I don't think exploiting a bad um, Hornets defense tonight is going to really change anything that much, right? Like, that doesn't affect how the Celtics are going to play you in a first-round series. I don't think you all of a sudden get a ton of confidence because you lit up a team that doesn't try in its backcourt defense. The Timberwolves foul all the time. Like, they could foul DeMar DeRozan like 24 times 
on Sunday and the Bulls could win. And that's not going to matter for the Bulls moving forward in the playoffs. So try to get out of this healthy. I mean, if you want to play Caruso and Zach a few minutes just to say you don't have a, a week and a half off or anything like that with no game action, I would understand. But I would go light if I'm the Bulls here, just try to stay a little bit healthier and they're going to probably trot as many as they can out there because that's kind of Billy Donovan's mindset. If you're healthy, let's go try to find that rhythm. I'm just not buying that it's going to matter. It's going to matter when the ball gets tipped in game one of the playoffs. If the Bulls can dig in a little bit more, have a little bit better effort at the margins, and then they need to pray for, for Zach to have a good rhythm on offense, the need be feeling good. And I think pray for some DeMar DeRozan heroics, especially in the fourth quarter. And that would be their path to, to having any sort of chance in a competitive first round series. We've thrown a lot of bouquets Billy Donovan's way. Is there anything that you can see that you a Bulls fan could be critical of what the Bulls coach is doing? Yeah, I mean, I think the offense has been abysmal since the All-Star break, right? It's second to last, I think, in the NBA in efficiency. Uh, in the last 15 games, one of the worst since the All-Star break. And I think too often the Bulls have have fallen back into the habits of DeMar save us, Zach save us off the bounce. So I think if you're going to pinpoint anything for Billy, it's not his rotations. It's not his lack of adjustments with inserting people in the starting lineup. Like he has made rotation and starting lineup adjustments again and again. I think it would be the offensive approach and the offensive mindset. He hasn't done enough, I, I don't think, to get Zach maybe off the ball moving. Uh, he hasn't done enough to get through to DeMar sometimes maybe to, to get guys a little bit more involved. And I say that knowing DeMar still has some nights where his assist numbers look really good because he is a willing passer when he's doubled and he's just such a high-volume offensive player that when the ball's in your hands, those numbers are fine. But it doesn't seem like Patrick Williams is in the flow of the offense at all lately. Io's not in the flow of the offense enough lately, and some of that's on the players, but then some of that's just, I think, getting them moving in the half-court setting a little bit more fluidly, maybe off screens, maybe calling plays for, for guys, maybe working Nikola Vucevic out of the high post a little bit more. He's not a great efficiency player on traditional post-ups on the block, so you want to get him at the elbow. That's also sometimes where DeMar DeRozan loves to operate, so they run into each other. So if there's any criticism of Billy, it would be that the things that were working earlier on, maybe on offense, they've relied on too much because, I mean, DeMar and Zach are the stars of the team. He's a player's coach. This is now a player's organization. I understand relying on them, but I just think at times here in the second half of the season or last third of the season, uh, and too reliant on them, and it doesn't feel like offensively they've been fluid enough in getting these other guys in rhythm. So I think I'm not the X and O's genius, but that's where I would have tried to exploit and been more creative in other ways on offense, I think. Cody, as always, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to Tuesday because then we will have a playoff preview conversation with you that will be on deck. Take care of your foot. Thanks so much for jumping on the show. Yep, thanks, Lawrence. That is Cody Westerlin. Follow him on Twitter, at Cody Westerlin. So I, I said earlier that there's something about this Bulls team that does remind me a little bit of the 2021 White Sox. And what it is, is this. There were moments throughout the season where if you were just going to talk about an individual game of what the White Sox did in 2021, where they had a, you know, it was a bad game against Toronto defensively, or Yasmani Grandal had a whole bunch of catchers interference calls, or they weren't doing a good job of picking up the ball or having really good at bats. 
on a day in or night in and night out basis, that can be dismissed away as small sample size. Then when we get to the end of the season and White Sox fans go, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with this team's defense and their approach at the plate. And then you see a team that exploits it in the playoffs the way that the Astros did. The Bulls remind me of that. There's a larger sample size. Like we can look at the Bulls versus the top four teams on each side of, of the NBA and go their record against them is 2-20. and 20. Therefore, if they match up against a top four team in the Eastern Conference in the first round of the playoffs, which they will, no matter if they end up as a five or the six, and they're probably going to end up at this, as the six, we shouldn't be surprised when they lose via gentleman sweep or they just get swept. I want to talk a little bit more about that and try to try to work through some of my feelings about this 2022 season of the Bulls. We'll do that next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward medela the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter and medela is your reward medela the mark of a fighter Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. And Odyssey Station. You just get to a point where it's like, you know, like it's enough and you just, you're battling. Like someone said, what are you competing for? You're competing for everything. On every single possession, you're competing on the screen. Okay, you're competing to get out there and contest. You're competing on the glass. You're competing. Everything is that. And when it's, it can't be, uh, I forgot to get back in transition. I lost sight of my man. I forgot to block out. You know, oh, I was a silly foul. I left my feet. Like those things inevitably add up over a period of time, and you can't get by on that. That's Billy Donovan talking about what the Bulls have been like over the last couple of games, and honestly, like, the last pack of games. And we knew that this stretch of games for them at home wasn't going to be easy. 
but the way that they've looked in them has just been incredibly disheartening. They've got two games left. They're going to take on Charlotte. They're going to take on Minnesota. And then we get to the playoffs. It's a weird thing with this Bulls team and trying to figure out how I feel about them. And maybe you're going through the same sort of stuff. Going into the season, my expectation and and my hope was, man, I hope the Bulls are good enough to make the playoffs. And it'd be nice if they didn't have to go through the play-in tournament to do it. They've accomplished that. They also, I think, set all of us up. And I don't mean that like they, they didn't actively. They're like, oh, we can't wait to raise everyone's hopes up high and then dash them. They're not actively out there trying to do that. But with the way that they played, the games that they won, the energy that they showed in the early portion of the season, that cushion of wins that they built when they were sitting at the the one seed in the Eastern Conference gave us some hope that maybe they're going to be better than what even we expected. DeMar DeRozan, for a big chunk of the season, had a legitimate argument to be the MVP of the league. That argument has since become illegitimate. He deserves to be on one of the all-NBA teams. I would suspect that he will be a first-team all-NBA guard, and he will have deserved it. But this team is still so flawed that I got what I wanted. It's like like one of those episodes of a sci-fi show where someone wishes for something and then they get it, but it's not great. Like, it's like, oh, this is what I was wishing for. Like, we got what we wanted with the Bulls. They're in the playoffs. They're not going to be in the play-in. There's going to be an actual playoff series that takes place for your your Chicago Bulls. I got to get Tim Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, I think I want to do a House of L with Tim Sinclair. Talk with him, like, long form. But I'm sitting there watching. Like, I... There are two games where I was irate. And they both have happened in the second half of the season. The Sacramento loss. That late night BS Sacramento loss. And the game against Boston. And let me explain to you why I was upset. In, in The Milwaukee game, like I knew they were going to lose. But that upset me too. But not to the same level as Boston. Milwaukee's way better than you are. They're way better. Like they're light years of where where the Bulls are. So I expect Milwaukee to win the games that they play against the Bulls. There's no one on the Bulls roster that can guard Giannis. You can try stuff. You can here's a little bit of Vooch and here's Tristan and here's P Will now that he's back. But he's he might be the best player in the league right now. This might be Giannis's league right now. The other stuff, though, like I was saying with Cody, Drew Holiday going down in the post and daring Tristan Thompson to move him? That's embarrassing, man. Not a good look. The reason that the the Boston game had me on fire, like the Sacramento game was, that's a game that you have to win. You should win it. You're good enough to throw your jerseys out there 
and win it, and yet they weren't. So that game I was upset about. The Boston game, you just got your doors blown off by Milwaukee. On top of it, they blew your doors off kind of half-ass playing the game. They took the opportunity of you at the time fighting for your non-play-in life. Like the Bulls were still playing to avoid the play-in. Orlando did them a solid, so they didn't have to worry about it. But at when the game tipped, they were playing to stay out of the play-in. And somehow, Milwaukee experimentally went out there and whooped you. Just trying stuff. like Just like, how about if we let Drew run with the ones and the twos? How about Chris Middleton gets up a lot of shots early on in the game and then he's not going to have to play that much? Giannis not taking a shot in the first quarter and then just like, I'm going to distribute. Watch this. I'm a seven-foot point guard now. When you have that happen to you, the next night, if anything, if anything, your effort should be visible. You got beat by a team that's better than you, who wasn't trying as hard as they could, and they beat you by a lot. You can't then have a night when your effort is in question. And their effort was in question on Wednesday night. They got beat by 23 points at home. Back-to-back nights, you lose by 21 and 23. The hope, and, and maybe this is where like I've this is where I'll land on this. The idea about this Bulls team being a playoff team was them rising to being a playoff team where maybe there were some bumps in the road early on, but as the season went on, you found that they were going to be more competitive against really good teams. The opposite has been true. They came out like gangbusters early on and have since just slowly fallen apart. Guys that you were trusting earlier in the season, you can't, When I looked on the floor towards the end of the game, and this is something I do have a little bit of a beef with Billy on, I look at the end of the game and Tony Bradley and and Troy Brown Jr. and Derek Jones Jr. are getting minutes. All of this time should be time for Patrick Williams to be getting minutes. Him and Io should be playing those minutes out because they need to learn and they need to be able to work together. I don't ordinarily have issues with rotation stuff in blowouts. Patrick Williams shot the ball seven times against Boston. The third and fourth quarters of those games were opportunities to tell Patrick Williams, go get yours, big fella. And he didn't. And whether it was the Milwaukee game or the Boston game, Io's minutes being pulled down to 22 those are guys, if, if he sit a wall, he sit a wall, and maybe we'll end up hearing that later on. 
But not seeing Patrick Williams out there in late-game situations when the game was, was never in doubt, it perplexed me and it made me angry because you were seeing you weren't seeing the level of effort from the Bulls. Bill Winnington brought it up on the radio broadcast. Guys not, the simple, man, I almost cursed. The simple stuff of just running back on defense. Guys weren't doing that. Stacy on the television broadcast always talks about, you know, there's five Javante Greens out there. I wish that some of the players approach the game the way that Javante Green does. Javante Green approaches the game like, if I don't play well, they're going to send me away. If I don't show maximum effort all the time, someone's going to send me away. And I just wish that there was a more team-wide approach over the last 20 games like Javante Green's. Back after this on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Whenever I go to Wrigley Field, I am treated very well by not only the fans of this radio station, but also the people who work over at the Cubs. Whether I was doing the Joe Madden show or the David Ross show, I never feel completely out of place when I'm over there. It's broadcasting the show out in the cold yesterday, but it was fun. I got a chance to hang out with Dan and Layla a little bit. Stopped over at Julius Meinl, got myself a hot apple cider. It's perfect, perfect drinking. And I was getting ready to leave yesterday. If you're on Twitch and you've been looking away, start looking back at the camera. Um, I was getting ready to leave yesterday, and Rich Wyatt, who is one of the, the great engineers, says, Hey, Lawrence, are you leaving? And I'm like, yes, there's no reason for me to hang out here. I'm going to go home and watch the game on TV. He goes, well, Brian Garza wanted you to have something. And I'm like, well, I'm leaving, so can you just pick it up for me and bring it to the station? Well, Rich Wyatt did that, and it is a Cubs luchador mask that I now own. The problem is, obviously, I am not a Cubs fan. So the likelihood of me wearing me wearing a luchador mask is low anyway, but me wearing a Cubs luchador mask is super low. Ray, you're a Cubs guy, right? Yeah, that's right. I'll take that off your hands. Now, here's my problem. I feel like me offering you a luchador mask has got some implications to it. I just want to make sure it's all good with you. Look, you're going to be the Cubs luchador around here. For all these years, I let Dan Bernstein call me the Mexicutioner. It's totally fine. You can give me the luchador mask. I'll be Cubby Mysterio Jr. All right, so there it is. Ray is going to be rocking the luchador mask. The score finally has a luchador, and his name is Ray Damp Diaz. I'll talk with Parkinson Spiegel next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.